Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Hey, everyone, and welcome. Tomorrow is my birthday, and my mom would be the first to tell you I don't just have a birthday. I have a birth week and a birth month, and my celebration started yesterday when I had that absolute unbelievable privilege of watching a loggerhead turtle lay its eggs on the beach in the moonlight and I'm so grateful to Ranger Ed and the entire volunteer team who lead the turtle walks at Sebastian Inlet for free by the way with reservation um, every night between uh, June 1st and the end of July you can be there till one o'clock in the morning but we were very fortunate and had a very early turtle sighting so I encourage everybody Get out there. And the next month's issue of Vero Voice, we're going to be talking about turtles. Grab your current issue of the Vero Voice magazine, and you can read the cover story written by me, moi, Laura, on surfing. I had to talk to a lot of surfers, and it was so much fun. I felt like I should be out there and call myself Gidget, but I didn't. Um, I was not quite ready to be quite so daring as to get on a surfboard at the inlet because it is a tough surf break. Anyway, um, Today, my birthday week is continuing with my extra, extra, extra special guest and friend who woke up super early to call in from Hilo, Hawaii, which is a six-hour time difference. So it is 5 a.m. to our guest, Deborah Lewis, right now. Uh, but considering that she was the in the first female graduating class of West Point and retired after 30 years as a colonel in the U.S. Army, early times are not difficult for her. I don't know how she does it, frankly, but I guess that's something that we should just be really grateful that our military has a lot of people that are willing to put their lives on the line for us. Um, I met Deborah at an author conference when she I was speaking and she was getting ready to write um, a book and she published a wonderful children's book, which is going to be becoming um, a much more developed adult book because the concepts are amazing called Grab Your Bull by the Tail and we're going to be talking a little bit about that but Deb began her own military career when she entered West Point with 118 other young women and graduated from the first graduating class of West Point in 1980 and there's a lot more to tell about that story and how few of the women actually graduated and what they went through she also is a Harvard Business School graduate and has a Master's of Science in National Resource Strategy she served in so many leadership and staff positions at all levels of the military, including being a three-time district engineer commander at Philadelphia, Seattle, and Iraq. She was overseas for a good portion of her tours, um, overseeing billions of dollars in construction, often under difficult conditions. If you Google her name of Deborah Lewis, you will see photos of her overseas um, building schools, building villages, doing such amazing things. She is also a keynote speaker, entrepreneur, author, advisor to the University of Hawaii, and she supports so much in our local community of Hilo. She is one of these people that I am so glad that I get to introduce you all to her. She is a dreamer. She sees possibilities where other people don't, no matter how dire the situation can look. If you've seen the movie Tomorrowland with George Clooney, you will know that she is one of those. And go see that movie, one of the best movies I have seen in years. So welcome to my show, Deb. Aloha, Laura. Thank you for having me today. 
Oh, thank you. You know, when I called you up because I was trying to decide who I wanted on my birthday week show, I was like, all right, do I try to get this crazy celebrity interview or whatever and make it, you know, somebody I've never talked to before or what do I really want? And I knew what I wanted was to talk to somebody that I love talking to. And when you and I get on the phone and we talk, we can talk for hours and hours and hours. And I'm so glad that your mom and dad actually live in um, the Vieira area. So I get to see you every so often. And your dad retired as a three-star general from the Army Corps of Engineers. And for those of you who don't know it, my dad was Army Corps of Engineers, Korean War, and um, our dads overlapped. So it's so cool. I feel like God really put us together. Me too, that's for sure. I don't know where I'd be right now if I didn't have uh, your friendship and support and great talent. Well, thank you so much. It's it's a joy. And I mean, I know it's five o'clock in the morning there. For oh, no. You. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm up. You know, it's just like anything. There's a few of your viewers out there, I'm sure, that says, you know, I get a 10 minute nap, I'm up. <laughs> now, there's other people who can't nap, and uh, that becomes a problem. But for me, I actually learned, I'm not quite sure I learned to sleep standing up, but um, there are times that we're becomes very effective to be able to take a 10-minute nap or whatever, and I'm, I'm great. I'm great. It's a beautiful morning. Uh, sometimes we have these cokey frogs, uh, so I'm trying to block the sound, so you probably won't hear them in the morning, but I used to think they were birds, um, but we have a lot of great things going on. It's a beautiful day. Well, you can't, you can't beat that. I mean, you live in an amazing place, which has to seem even more special considering some of the things that you've seen in your military career? Well, this really is a healing place. Um, I'm sure some of your listeners are, are just waiting for a time when they're not surrounded by stress in all aspects, whether it's combination of on the TV plus in your communities. It's, it's right now. I mean, Tomorrowland's not too far off with how they, they depicted how if you turn on the news, and that's kind of what happened when I returned from Iraq, you turn on the news and you can find everything wrong. But I can certainly assure everyone after traveling 18,000 miles with my husband, actually I drove 26,000 miles, but he rode a bicycle throughout all 50 states. There is much goodness going on in the world today in the foreign countries that I've been. Tell us why you guys did the bike ride through 50 states. I love this. Well, it started started pretty innocuous because my husband wanted a bike. He hadn't had a bike since high school. He was in his 50s, and he said, I'd like to start exercising. Later, I learned that he actually wanted to travel one time across about 3,000 miles across the United States right after high school, but because he went to West Point in the same class that I did, he wasn't allowed to do that. But he bought this bike. And two weeks later, he actually wasn't, he, he found out he loved the bike. And for some people starting off new, doing things that you love sometimes takes a little practice. I think he, he doesn't mind me saying this. He fell like three times because <laughs> bikes in our day were, didn't have the clip things for your feet. And, and you have to figure out how to get out of those when you stop. Um, but he figured that out. And if you could see the joy, it's a lot of times you wonder, where did the joy go? in people's lives and he certainly found that bicycling and it happened when he was running which was another part of his workout and he looked at Mount Rainier and this vision came to him 
And by the end of like three steps, he had decided he was going to not just climb Mount Rainier, which he did, oh, by the way, that year he'd never climbed a mountain before. He bicycled over 18,000 miles to all 50 states in one year. Um, but he came, he waited a respectable amount of time to tell me, three weeks. <laughs> he he had, when it, when it popped in its head, it's one of those big ideas that just won't go away. He thought it would go away, but it didn't go away. And he, because I'm an engineer, he had a whole PowerPoint presentation <laughs> to show it was possible. I can do this, honey. And I'm like, and at that time, he thought it was about 15,000 miles. It turned out to be over 18,000 miles. And initially... I just wanted to support him. He'd supported me. When we got married, he actually got out of the military. Um, some spouses have changed their whole lives when they meet their soulmates, and he did. He got out of the military so we could be together because we weren't going to be stationed together and uh, help raise my daughter. And this was a time where I was definitely going to support him. And you always need somebody in your life who believes in you. I think it helps. There's a few that don't have anybody, but I'm sure that... You look just a little bit, you can find someone who believes in you. And I believed in him. Now, I wasn't even going to participate with him. I had my own plans. And shortly thereafter, you know, I joined on board and made it a dog and pony show. We had to, uh, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it big. And it was it was just an amazing journey, going mm-hmm. to all 50 states, no matter where people live. And I've gone to many places across the world. The goodness in people is what kept us going. It really is um, reaffirming, inspiring, and even in those situations where things looked the worst, the goodness in the people came out. And you did it to honor veterans, military, and their families, but it became so much more than that. It did. It did. And, and absolutely, everything we do is, is kind of the servant leader mindset. It's how can we help other people? What is it that we can do? Our social value is very, very high, and our self-interest is almost non-existent, which is a challenge when you don't take care of yourself health-wise, time-wise, family-wise. You have to have, I won't call it a balance, but it has to be in harmony. It has to be able to work together. You, from everything I've known of you, you always ask, well, not always because nobody always asks <laughs> great questions, but you of anybody I know has typically really understood the concept that the right questions can change your life, which is what we talk about on the show. I talk about in my book, what brought you to decide to be in the first graduating class of West Point? I mean, that's such a thing to take on. I mean, you're not just doing it because it's something you want to do, knowing that you're going to be in there when the men don't want you, the military doesn't really want you to do this. What are you asking yourself that gets you there? Well, sometimes I have to wonder, was it fate or was it ambition? I was born into a family where my father and my mother literally allowed me free reign in a time when that wasn't necessarily true for girls. And I was pretty independent. My father had deployed. He'd gone everywhere from, he'd been in World War II, but he also was in Vietnam uh, when I was around. And we remember those days when he was gone, and my mother had to be very, very independent. And a service concept of wanting to 
to serve the nation was built into me early. <laughs> and I did not want to be a burden to my parents, so I was looking for how would I be able to, to go to school, go to college, and not be a burden on my parents. And it turned out my parents, we moved a lot growing up. Some of your listeners have moved around a lot. I call myself more a nomad. <laughs> There's no place that that I knew was home until I've landed here in Hilo when I we literally chose, or I could say it chose us, um, this place. But growing up, you move around a lot, and, and we're gonna I have had to, a thought to go in the military. And we're going to have to come back from the okay. commercial break with that. I want to talk more about that. We'll be right back after this commercial break. We are back with my special guest, Deborah Lewis. And Deborah, before the break, we were talking about what got you to West Point, what the questions were that you were asking, and, and what got you there. So let's continue that conversation. Great. I The short answer is that somebody came in and said, so you can ride horses at West Point, because I was already <laughs> thinking going in the military is like, and I go, you can? <laughs> I can ride horses at West Point? That was probably not the best question, but it was a question that I asked, and, and that was something that certainly I wanted to do. My parents had moved on me, and as I like to say, they did leave a forwarding address. They moved on my, me my senior year, and I stayed with a woman who actually had two sons at West Point. And this is a great point about context and focus. Big context picture is, is you can have a plan. I had a plan to be a doctor, actually, and, and I decided that, um, well, and, as sequence of events happened, then that didn't work out. And I couldn't go to the school of my choice because of my dad's military career, and this thing opened up, and I paid attention to it about the opportunity to go to West Point. That was the year they changed it. So I won't tell you that I understood w exactly what I was stepping off into. I knew it was a new adventure, but I'd already started that in high school, um, living without my parents, which was tough. And then I went to West Point, which was a whole new experience. Now, 118 women started. And me, 119. 119, okay. How many of you graduated? We had 62 graduated. That's a huge attrition rate. It is. And for a lot of reasons, West Point has a fairly high attrition compared to other places. But the fact is, is I think for some people it's really tough to leave because all the expectations and the hopes of, of going. Um, but for those of us who stayed, yes, each one of us pretty much had a different experience but a tough experience. And it either kind of broke you mentally or it made you a 10 times stronger or 100 times stronger. For those listeners who are not from the United States, you've probably heard about West Point in the movies and all of that. It is one of the top military colleges in the world, and it is an engineering college on top of it. So it's not just going to learn military. It's a tough educational school, and the only way you can get in is to get letters from senators, right? Correct. Um, that or correct. There's a, there's a number of ways, presidential, um, all kinds of uh, different ways, but definitely a very difficult, rigorous process and meant to be. Yeah. Not only do your grades have to be there, but you have to have demonstrated other skills. It, you're not just going to apply to West Point and get in. It's it's a crazy, rigorous process for a lot of reasons, like you said. And 
once you graduate from West Point, you are committed to serve in the U.S. military for how many years? That varies. It can be anywhere from five to eight years. Five to mm-hmm. eight years. And you graduate Over. as a... Second lieutenant Second. in the U.S. Army. Okay. And you... And they, you pick a branch, which is a specialty area, like I chose engineers. And you were in the military for 30 years. Yes, 30 years after I graduated, so 34 years in uniform. That's, that's like, amazing. <laughs> Fashionistas, I, listen up. 34 years and having someone tell you, actually, that can be kind of fun, too. You didn't have to worry about what you had to think to wear. But even your hair, I mean, that was sort of mandated, oh, yeah. too. You, there was only so much you could do, and, and because you were stationed in some incredibly hostile countries, um, you know, probably the last thing you wanted to deal with was your hair or your makeup or anything like that. This was all about survival and making a difference for the countries that you were in. Would that yes, be a the great focus assumption? that we had was definitely not on primping. Yeah. <laughs> How did you manage to not go negative? when you were in some of those really harsh circumstances. What have you learned about those times that um, you could share with my audience about not going negative? I think that it became very clear that once you head in that direction, it's almost like a horse bucking. It's almost impossible to pull the head up to to get off and, and focus on what needs to happen. So going negative was something that it did happen. It happened, but I think because it happened early and often and literally brought me to my knees, really questioning who I was and my capability, if you're not tested in those kind of ways, you really don't understand. You do have limits, and then you can keep opening those limits. But when you are when you go in that direction, I guess I always could see the goodness in people. I could see... Not to say that early on that I I wouldn't, they call it mirror neurons today, but you can react if someone's angry with you, you can start being angry and want to attack. You go in survival mode. And certainly there were times I was in survival mode, but I can't live there. You can see children in some of the worst conditions cannot live in survival mode. They have to figure out ways to cope. And I was blessed enough to ask better questions and wonder Never lost the wonder. Gee, I wonder why that person is acting that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and initially when they attack you, I think I, I've estimated over 10,000 times that people have disparaged me. But, you know, when you, when you get there, you learn that it's not about you. There's something going on in them. What, takes it, what does it take for a person to behave that way toward another human being? And I was always fascinated with that even as I was being knocked down. Does that make sense? It does. You know, and you've told me a number of stories about what happened on a day-to-day basis at West Point, you know, that they didn't want you there and what they did to try to get you out, not just you, but all of the women there. And it's enough to make you just want to leave because why do you have to put yourself through it? But you saw a bigger picture. If you have a longer view... You have the ability, and that's something that really, on a professional side, I got that early. On my personal side, almost really up till two years before I retired, did I understand that as well. And what happened early is, is you have to say, 
I'm going to make it through graduation. So that no matter how they were attacking me, I would look at probably what I would say the least person, and maybe this isn't a great advice for everyone, but I'd look and say, that person made it through. If they can make it through, I can do this. And, and try to protect that inner core of yourself. And I was fortunate to have a family who believed in me as well. And, and sometimes you only have yourself and having that strong core. But they, yes, they would attack you in, in a whole multitude. I think screaming in your face is actually a little easier to deal with, believe it or not, than the subtle nuances that people do that are extremely hurtful where you think you know somebody and then they disparage you in front of others and, and all of a sudden uh, people start changing their opinion of who you are. And I still am dealing with that. In fact, that conference that we met, the author conference, um, I realized that I, had, I was still dealing with some of that wounds because happens a lot because of fear of change. It'll trigger words that wound deep and emotions that last a lifetime. And, and that's a whole thing why I'm so passionate about helping people understand that going negative is a losing strategy. No matter what the circumstances, going negative has never, in my experience, brought me more of what I wanted. It tends to bring you more of what you don't want because now you're just in that and it feeds it. Yes. I think we're getting close to that hard break, but I did want to, um, I did want to make sure that, that if listeners understand that, they will have a much easier time. It's the fears. It's, it's, it's something that in the movie brought out that we think that, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to warn you about these awful things. Well, if you stop reminding people of the goodness of how incredible it is to have one person who's creative and two people who work together creative and, and many talk more. And we're going to talk about that, right? So, Deborah, before the news, which it's really quite hysterical that we were talking about this particular topic just before the news, we were talking about how not to go negative. It's so easy in this world today to dwell in the negative and just get stuck in it, get sucked into it, and to continue that own process ourselves, especially when things happen that sometimes seem out of our control, but what's not out of our control is our response to the situation. When you're greatly stressed, what effective questions have you learned that help you not go negative? That, that's an important question. Thank you, Laura. Uh, I'm going to start off, what do I want? And I'll give you a great example. And it, and it really came clear. I was doing anti-terrorism driving training, and, and part of that was you go into skids and you learn that, let's say there's a pole out there, and I'm in a skid, and I'm heading it. Now, many people have been in accidents, and the natural reflex is to focus on the pole. And focusing on the pole is just like going negative. And when you focus on that pole, you're going to get that pole. You will be wrapped around that pole. And what they tried to teach us is that not look at the pole. You can't say avoiding doesn't work. What you do is you change where your focus is. So what do I want is a huge a question that will help you keep your focus on where's the path I want to take as opposed to what is about to hit me um, in my immediate vicinity. And when you can understand that as an awareness, 
that question, what do I want? They have movies about how people get uh, directed in other directions because of things that happen to them. It's like, I want to go into the store and go buy something, and then there's this huge disruption, perhaps, and, and I get distracted by what's going on around me, and I completely forget what I went into the store for. I mean, it's, not, it's no different. When we go negative, we go, we go into our survival mentality. We shut off our access. You talk about wisdom. There's no access to wisdom. It's fight or flight. You're not asking questions. And so if you're asking questions, then you're in the inquiry or abundance mode where you can actually figure out what is it that I want and get more about it. But that's the number one question. What is it do I want? And if you don't know exactly what you want, you definitely know how you want to feel. And and that's the emotional piece of it. But words, pictures, and emotion, um, the Pacific Institute uh, harps on that is a place that I received some training. But words, pictures, and emotion, when you combine those, that will help you understand what do I want or how do I want to feel if I don't know exactly what that is I want. And most of the time I'm in how do I want to feel, does this feel right? Um, and the second one is how is my current strategy working? If I'm focusing on the pole, I'm heading right for the pole. That's not a good strategy. That's a losing strategy. If I'm focusing on what it is that I want and, and the means to get there, I can be extremely creative, even in the most horrible conditions, I can be thinking about that. And then the final question, at least in these three that I would like your listening audience to consider, is what's one thing I can do right now? When we're under stress, especially unhealthy stress, we get overwhelmed easily. If you can focus on what's the one thing I can do right now, essentially you will understand, you'll start understanding the priorities that you can identify, but what's the thing one right now that I can do that I have control over and not be overwhelmed? You know, th- those questions are, are really powerful questions. They, on the surface, seem very simple, which I find are the most powerful questions um, because there's so many layers to them that the last one you talked about, what's one thing I can do right now? Sometimes before you can even get to what do I want, you have to take a breath. And mm-hmm. one of the things you taught me was what's one thing I can do right now? Sometimes you just have to take a breath and stop <laughs> and yep. say to yourself, okay, I might not be doing everything right right now, but what one thing am I doing right? And um, in certain situations I've had just breathing was the right thing to do. To Getting oxygen to the brain is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, I would think that, and I know you're, you're highly trained in the military and you have amazing will and, and drive, but for some of our listeners, it's not as easy to, to break a cycle and mm-hmm. you can ask yourself questions, but sometimes you, you can't even focus on one of them. Like you can ask yourself, what do I want? But you can't even think of an answer. What are some techniques that you've used to help sort of bring yourself back to center? I think that the short answer to bring yourself back to center is just to believe in yourself. Believe in yourself and your ability to understand the situation because things are so much more than the surface. In fact, I would, I would argue that the surface ought, usually is not what it seems. Whatever you've been fed 
and 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 when there's a lot of controversy or difficulty oftentimes that's exactly where you need to be because it's not in harmony but you have to be in harmony with yourself as a core and that that is one of the keys of thinking about that we we call it um as we as we go forth authentic alignment that's when you're at harmony with yourself and your values it's really important to take the time and i don't i don't mean that you say well this is my i value this because um there's a lot of ways to figure out it's mostly through your actions you show what you value but your attitudes behaviors and standards if those are not aligned i could have a great attitude but but i may be doing something that is sabotaging that or my standards are so low that i'm not achieving really what i believe and and the authentic alignment is something that will really really help strengthen that ability to sense using all of you all of the indicators as to what do i want or how do i want to feel or what feels right what am i sometimes i'm just compelled aren't you sometimes i'm just compelled to go step into something even though i know i'll be uncomfortable i actually like that slightly uncomfortable place, I, I used to think that I didn't. And then what I realized was that's when I feel the most alive. Now, this is not a you're going to jump off, jump off the Brooklyn Bridge or run into a burning building without any training to save somebody's life kind of thing. This is more stretching yourself in a good way. Absolutely. And I would I would tell you that that understanding... The, the lack of harmony and walking into it, if you, the better question that you can ask under those circumstances, because if we come at things not having a preconceived notion that we know it all, because the truth is, my good friend Doug Krug said, the moment we think we have it all figured out, we're in trouble because the game changes. Um, and, and so if you can go into and, and be okay with it being a, a bit uncomfortable, you realize that uncomfortable piece is where you can have the greatest impact. You want to make a difference, you have to be uncomfortable. And you have to be willing to say to yourself, it's a little tough out here right now, <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> alone, even though I'm uncomfortable. And, and I love this phrase that you talk about. You said, when the going gets tough, the tough bring out our best. But it's not tough in the way we... Think about the word tough. We're not talking hard or a bully or or anything like that. Um, you have a unique way of looking at the word tough. Can you expand on yes. that for our yes. audience? The tough that I'm talking about is I have actually letters that just came to me, words that came to me for each of these letters. And if you think about it, the tough bring out our best. Whoever thinks about that, the tough are usually the bullies, right? That's what yeah. we're <laughs> We're going to come and we're going to, like the bull on the cover of our book, Grab Your Bull by the Tail, is all about having leverage so that when you're charging off and, and, and you're acting you know, like you know it all, then that's the time to, to turn around. But the T is do it together. That's together. If you recognize that you are not an island, <laughs> you have to work with people. Connecting with people is your greatest source of power and, and doing it in a way that, you, that everybody gets um, an outcome that is helpful, those in the room and out of the room and in the future. Um, the O is open. When things get tough, people close down. They shut down. They go in survival mode. And, and that is exactly the time you have to be questioning. You have to be open to new experiences. You have to be 
open to the possibility that people absolutely are wonderful and what they're showing you is a, is a reflection of unhealthy stress. And the you is the universe, meaning a very big context that we don't understand. We maybe understand less than 5%. Understanding that we have to take context into this situation. That's the you. And the G is grit. That's when being able to pick yourself back up when you get knocked down (laughs) and understanding that persevering is where the real joy comes from. And H is a heart. That's coming from your heart. If you're not coming from a loving kindness place or being openly vulnerable or making sure that you are going to... um, have this strength. It's not coming from anger. It's coming from love. That's the heart. The heart, if if you're not leading with your heart, then you will really miss the mark. You know, looking at tough again and hearing what you said, together, open, universe, grit, and heart. I think I got all those, right? Mm -hmm. They all say that there's more to the situation potentially than what we know by doing together. It means you're, you're open to new input, um, being open actually universe is saying, you know, there's a bigger picture here. Maybe I don't know it. So let's be, let's be thinking about that. Right. Grit is, you know, you may get knocked down 10 times. It's the 11th time that gives you all that extra knowledge you need or to the keep hundredth. going. Or the 100th or the 1,000th, right? <laughs> yes. and, and then the heart. Not a straight line, that's for sure. It is so not a straight line. I mean, this last couple of years of my life, I have had so many brick walls, I feel, that I've hit into. But yet, w- the biggest lesson I've realized is when I isolate myself then those walls become prisons. Yes. As soon as I open myself up to all the good that's around me, those walls are, you know, I can pretty much walk around them or through them or they just fall down and they don't exist. But right. you have to be open to that you there's something You have to be open. More. You can't, the ego or, and, and sometimes when we want something terribly badly, we think that's the way it has to be. But I've learned in my experience that, that that's usually, if it's not easy, it wasn't meant to be. There's something I'm missing. What is it that I need to think about? That gets us back in the flow. And when we come back from this com- next commercial break, we're going to talk about your books and some other concepts that I just love that you're doing. We'll be right back with more from Deborah Lewis after this commercial break. So, Deborah, I, I don't know if you were listening to the commercials during the break, but it, it was so absolutely perfect um, there was a commercial from about hurricane preparedness because yesterday started hurricane season here in Florida. And being in Hawaii, I know you get that whole thing as well. Um, they're talking about preparing. And before the break, we were talking about, you know, tough and how you can bring out the best with together, open universe, grit and heart. And it's so easy to get caught up in being prepared for something stays you in the negative. Absolutely. And and I would say that um, a good question, whether it's physical fear from disasters or personal because of the people you're around, how do you handle the risks? Are you an expert in being able to take that energy, 
the energy is actually the same. And if you think it's not positive or negative, we'd like to talk in that language, but it's really energy. And, and can you take that negative energy and transform it into something productive? And, and handling the risk is something all of us have things that will push us over the edge. <laughs> I, I can't tell you. Some things come from deep within of things that happened in our past. We, we have to be prepared that that's going to happen. And then what you do next, I can just tell you that if you stay in the negative place, you're going to get a range of likely outcomes from not optimal because you're not at your best to getting exactly what you don't want. And, and that's the same whether, like we talked about, disasters or, or just personal relationships that go sour. Um, and when we, it, what does it take to make better choices under all circumstances? And when we know that and we're prepared for that, we can create greater meaning in our lives and in our relationships. You can never, you can never um, control against all the things that I call stimulus, you know, the stimulus response. You can't control all of that. It's going to happen, but you absolutely judge whether it's good or bad. And if you take that language out of your mindset and say, what is it? How can I best deal with this? And get, keep yourself focused not on the pole, but on how to get around it, then you will be far more successful. And, and, when, and if you absolutely understand and raise that awareness, hey, I'm going negative here, um, boom, what is it that I want? How do I want to feel? you know, completely change yourself and, and refocus your, your mentalness, whether it's about yourself, we often attack ourselves most, or someone else in your life. So those are good triggers to know when you're going negative. You may attack somebody else. Um, your posture definitely changes when you're going negative. And you have to think about the mirror neurons. How well are they equipped to handle any negativity coming from you? And I'm going to tell you, most times they're terrible. <laughs> because what they do is they attack you. <laughs> you know, they, you, you come to them with an issue and maybe you say, oh, my gosh, this is really, and you're not even really necessarily going negative, but you know that energy within you is kind of negative. They may take that, hurl that right back in your face. And so the better, more skillful you are at dealing with that, taking a breath, and coming back with something that's productive, the more effective you'll be. You wrote a kid's book that I love. I mean, the illustrations are amazing, and you're turning it into an expanded version, which is for uh, adults. But I personally think that this kid's book is for adults on so many levels, and it's called Why is Pono Not Pono Today? Bring out the best when someone is stressed. The, the, the Pono title is a word in Hawaiian that means, essentially means harmony, that you're good. Um, but it could be, why is Laura not Laura today? That's, that's, the, that's the explanation of the title. You know, why, why are we not ourselves in a day? And actually, this book started off as the adult version. I was, I was writing initially when I retired about Infinite Win, about how people work together, care, collaborate and create with girlfriend Deb Belkis, who lives not far from you. And, um, but that evolved because of so much negativity into grab your bull by the tail, which your audience will now recognize that what the, I'm saying there is that when you start charging off in that negative direction, you need to find a way to leverage and turn yourself around so you can be productive. And this book, I, I thought that People learn better when you have cartoons, like Who Moved My Cheese? And so I created cartoons to make, help me make my points. 
And then there came a point where the cartoons wanted their own book. And that's how the children's book started. And I finished that first. <laughs> and <laughs> of it's all a brilliant that book. I did, I had no idea. It's brilliant. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. I and the make children's sure... books that I wanted, I wanted to be done, what's the story? And so that's the rich story. And now what I'm doing is taking that rich story and weaving it back through the book. Because the first, and, and I've also changed my approach, a lot of us focus on anger. That's the pull. Unhealthy stress is the full environment. Anger is just a symptom of unhealthy stress. And, and if you can understand that, and that's what the book will be going into and helping us understand awareness with some real tools that will, like those questions, that, that will help people take it to the next level and help them not lose their best or have their best stolen by this negativity that's around us and within us. I love that I have this quote, and if I, I could tweet it out at this moment, I would. You said, anger is a symptom of unhealthy stress. Yeah. So if and you're fear. looking, and fear, and fear too. Um, how do people find you? Um, how can they reach out to you if they have questions or just want to discover more about what you're doing and where you're going to be well, speaking? Well, I'd, I'd love to hear from your listening audience. I think that um, that's the way that you really start to understand. I've changed entire presentations. I had a soldier who invited me to travel to Fort Hood to talk to the entire post about transforming adversity to opportunity, and he reached me by telephone. So I'll give the telephone out first. Um, easiest way is, 888-91, and we have Aloha. Now, Aloha, if you don't remember what's on your phone, which most of us don't, is <laughs> 25642. So 888-91-ALOHA or 888-912-5642. That's would be a great, uh, great way to connect and, and be able to take it. Um, we tailor it. That will also allow me to be able to provide information in the future on articles. I'm on LinkedIn as well. If you just type in Deb Lewis Hawaii, I'd love to connect with listeners with LinkedIn. And um, I think that those are ways that, that we can continue the conversation because until we get people to really understand this movie is a great start, but it has to come from within. Each of us has to play our part to not contribute to the negativity that's around us. We're all human, and when you start directing negativity toward ourselves or another person, that's when you've just created, you know, probably getting exactly what you don't want. I love that. That's so perfect. It all comes from within. And let's not go to the negative, especially in my birthday week and my birthday month. We are all going positive. And I'd happy, like to... happy birthday. Uh, you know, the blessing is, is that it's a miracle we were ever born. I mean, over 90% of organisms don't reproduce. But the fact is that wasn't true for any one of our ancestors because we are here today um, by the miracle of life. And, and, the, and the blessing that you've been to so many people, Laura, thank you for having this great show, helping people keep the conversation going, asking better questions, because that will control the quality of our life. 
Thank you so and much, Deborah. And those we love. Thanks for getting up so early and being on the show. And for my birthday, everybody, tweet one thing to at Laura Stewart, at the Laura Stewart. Tweet one thing to at the Laura Stewart that you're doing to be positive. My birthday's tomorrow. Have a happy week, everyone. Remember, the right questions can change your life. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.